Welcome back to another Edge Got In podcast. Thank you for pushing the pause button today to Edge Got In to your mind, your will, and those crazy emotions. It is our mission statement at Edge Got In to champion your human potential in Christ. In and of ourselves, we can do nothing. With God, all things are possible, including being able to stand firm in a sense of security when you receive criticism, which is our topic today. Three steps to remain secure in criticism. Our learning objective when you leave today's podcast is that you will walk away with three steps that will help you maintain a sense of security when you are in the face of criticism or undesirable feedback. So perhaps you've had some undesirable feedback. And let's bring into the picture, not just from other people, from yourself. Something happens, you have high expectations or certain uh, perfectionist programs running through your internal earth suit between your two ears that have a list of requirements constantly battling against the truth that God loves you just the way you are. And they speak into, I will love myself if, I will accept myself when, I will feel successful if, I will feel that I have meaning and value and worth if, and God just steps right smack in the middle of that self-doubt, looks you directly in the soul and says, I see you and you matter. And I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. Particularly now with the way our culture offers so many outlets to post behind the scenes. I, I often think of the Wizard of Oz and uh, the man behind the curtain right? <laughs> Posting behind the scenes without having to take accountability. And so criticism is running rampant. You post something, someone criticizes you for posting it. You say something, someone criticizes you either to your face, behind your back, and then there's the self-criticism that happens. So today we're going to lean into three specific steps based on scripture, of course, because it's powerful and sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing heart, soul, and marrow. Jesus is the word of God, my friends. So when we fill our mind with the word of God, the Holy Spirit within us, we have life and peace, as Paul says in, in Romans 8, that the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. So come back. Come back to the lover of your soul. And let's resurrect our identity in Christ so that when we do face criticism in life, we're able to have discernment, peace, as well as a resolve to be able to take what is ours and release what's not. So let's jump in. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, sweet Jesus, you know that we do not do well with criticism. Everyone responds differently. You also know that we want to do our best. We have this deep desire to always do our best. So when we are criticized and we do fall short, 
in the area of emotional intelligence. We don't always show up with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. In spite of those moments, you adore us and you are constantly after us to give us the grace to be able to begin again. So today, dear God, help us to begin again. Whatever free rent we're giving to negative thoughts, any free rent we're giving to past criticisms, and perhaps they're criticisms from childhood that have really, really had an impact on our sense of self-worth and value. Set us free, Lord, so that we can run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. Help us to remember whose we are and that we have a mission here to not lose sight of the mission that you have called us to. And that is to glorify you, to love one another well, as you have loved us. So that at the end of this life, our colors are clear. And our names are written in the book of life. Lord, we can't do this world without you. And it's getting pretty dark out there. Help us, Lord. Help us to return and maintain that inner security that surpasses all human understanding and events. We give you permission to override us when we're mucking around in the dark shadows of our mind. In your most precious name we pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, my friends, let's jump in here. Three steps to remain secure in criticism. What is it for you in the last couple of weeks that you were bumped by. Somebody said something, did something, didn't say something, and it falls into that category of criticism. I'm falling short in some way. And perhaps it's your own voice of perfectionism. We all have that inner voice of, I will love it, accept myself if and when. And today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus wants to free you from that internal noise that distracts us from the truth of whose we are and who we are. And that's our first step. If we are going to be able to remain secure, no matter what anybody says or does in the midst of our desire for the drug of approval and the disease to please, if we are going to remain in a place of security, that means that my identity, my sense of worth and value can remain intact, untouched by the perceptions, the conclusions, the behavior of people around me, or perhaps the thoughts of self-doubt that float between my two ears. So the first step is to know whose you are and who you are. This is actually the first step in emotional intelligence in Christ is grounding your identity in Christ. For us to be emotional intelligent, to be able to discern our emotions, manage our emotions, discern the emotions of other people and manage the emotions of other people in a way that honors God by loving others well as Jesus did. The first step is to ground our identity in Christ. So when you are bumped by criticism, Come back to remembering what your soul always knows, that you are beautifully and wonderfully created in the image of God, that he has plans for you, 
He knows who you are constantly, regardless of the moments where we don't even know who we are, why we're here, or why it matters. God always knows. A few scriptures to focus on in our first step. The first one comes from 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us. So that why did Jesus, why did God make him who had no sin, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, to become sin for us on the cross? So that, Paul is saying, in him, we might become the righteousness of God. So part of our identity, my friends, is that we are the righteousness of God. What does that mean? That means that we have the same DNA as God the Father. We are created in, in his image. Therefore, we have the ability, because of God within us, to be able to see the world through his lens. When we see the world through his lens, we remember our worth and value, regardless of the drug of approval or the disease to please, what people think of us, what we think of ourselves. We can still maintain that inner knowing that in spite of all of that, that I'm safe in my worth and my value because we are created in the image of God and we have become the righteousness of God through Christ. The next verse is 2 Corinthians 1.21 and Galatians 1.10. Galatians 1.10. So Galatians 1.21 says, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. So in this one scripture, we're reminded that we're anointed. Not only we are anointed, but we also have a seal of ownership from God. We don't belong to ourselves. We belong to God. So when someone insults you, as the scriptures say, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on Christ. Remember whose you are, and that ignites who you are in this world, how you end up showing up. In our hearts, guaranteeing a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. So he's, put his, he's anointed us, he's set a seal of ownership on us, and he's put his spirit within us. So when you're criticized, Come back to remembering that you have a seal of ownership on you. Ask God to help you to discern the criticism. Is this mine or is this someone else's? Is this real or is this imagined? And if it is mine, dear God, what part of this criticism do you want me to take to heart to refine me to remember whose I am, to, be, to help me to become more like you? If you have a negative thought of criticism toward yourself, self-doubt, self-criticism, ask the Holy Spirit, is this from you? Are you moving me closer to God and want to refine me in an area? If you have a thought, gosh, I'm so impatient, I'm so impatient, I'm so impatient. It's an, if it's an obsessive thought that holds you back from the peace of God, then you know it's flipped over from discernment for spiritual growth into a place where Satan's twisting you. Because when God's working on us, we always have peace. 
That's that discerning factor. If you don't have peace in the experience that God's got your back, he's going he's gonna to help you through it, whatever the criticism is. And if you don't have peace and trust that he'll be able to bring about a greater good in your soul had this criticism never happened, then you'll muck around in that dark shadow. Oh my gosh, I'm such an impatient person. I'm so impatient. I'm, I'm so egocentric, whatever it is. I got some feedback this spring. And initially when I got the feedback, I was really bumped, which to me, when I really leaned into it in prayer, because I was so bumped, I actually thanked God for the opportunity to realize that I was really moving in my flesh because of how bumped I was by the criticism, because I was giving more authority to wanting the approval, self, uh, self-gratification um, from, from other people to the point where uh, when I got criticism back, it really took me took me uh, by surprise and bumped me for quite a while. But as I leaned into it with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit revealed to me, hey, this is just a a reminder uh, not to put your trust in man and not to look to man for your sense of identity, worth, and value, but to stay humble and to really know that you do what you do for my glory, not your glory, not self-glorification, glorification for God and to glorify God. And we all have those moments because, man, that ego is so strong and it's very subtle too. And it can kind of slither in and you forget that you're Christ created in God for his purposes. And you think, oh, wait a second, I'm my own ambassador making my appeal through me. And it feels so good when I do a good job and get great, great feedback, right? So we got to be really careful, be careful of that. There's a prayer that I've prayed for quite some time and I had forgotten it, but when I went to the, through this experience with the criticism, it came back pretty strongly. Dear God, protect me from compliments and complaints so that my heart can stay grounded in the mission for which it beats. So don't lean in to strong compliments or complaints because it's very easy to lose yourself in them. And then we rise and fall depending upon how the world judges us. So it's that discernment that's needed, which we'll be talking about in another step. But the first step is to know whose you are in God, in Christ. Galatians 1.10 says, are you so foolish, um, speaks about, uh, Paul speaks about, are you trying to win the approval of man or of God? If you're still trying to win the approval of man, you cannot be a servant of God. So when you're bumped, as I was, and you can't let something go rather than quickly saying, okay, God, what's, what's mine. I had a very dear friend and colleague, uh, send me this, this one quote that was, that really landed in my heart that said, uh, when you do get criticism, simply ask yourself, was that for me to take into my heart or was that just ugly? So you can check yourself. And, and many times these days, the pain of other people, anytime we blame another person, it's simply a uh, release of our own pain and discomfort. It's a way to release our own pain and discomfort. So we blame other people. Well, they obviously didn't get it right, or obviously they're being disrespectful. You know, these are some things that I thought of that came in my mind when I got the negative feedback or the criticism, some of those thoughts actually came through other people. It's kind of like when Job was going through his hard time and some people around him tried to get him off track. 
Um, but those were some of the, 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 the thoughts that came up from other people. And I, I had to bring those before God and say, well, no, what do you say? What is for me? Um, you know, what, what's for me that you want to, for me to take into my heart to make me more like you. Right. And so for me in that situation, it was, it was really remembering, um, the motive behind why I do what I do or, or speak any words to any human being and to keep that grounded in so that I glorify God, not myself. And so to remember, it's not all about me. It's about me being an ambassador for God in and through me. And so, uh, and then there's sometimes I have received criticism that right away I knew it was just ugly and it was coming from the other person's pain because hurting people hurt people and it wasn't for me. Um, in this situation, there were, were some nuggets for me. So that's the discernment with the Holy Spirit. And that's only possible when you know whose you are and who you are. So you go to the one who knows the truth in any statement or comment uh, that's made towards you or by yourself. Lord, I'm talking negatively to myself. You know, I'm really questioning my worth and value here. What is from you and what's not? And ask the Holy Spirit to help you remember whose you are and who you are. John 1.12 says, yet we who uh, says, um, uh, John 1.10 says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. So you receive him, you believe in his name. What's the ramification of receiving him and believing in his name? You have the right to become the child of God. So that's yours simply by your faith in Christ. And you believe in his name that gives you the right to become the child of God. So that's not pride. That is leaning into truth that I'm a child of God. I'm not here for me. I'm here for God. So God created mankind in his image, to the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. That's Genesis 1.27. That's in the beginning of the scriptures of the Bible. We're created in the image of God to glorify him, to love well. The definition of emotional intelligence in Christ, and really our, our, our mission statement at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com and the, and the movement God placed on our heart, is to glorify God by creating learning systems that lead to an encounter with God's love through Jesus so that the Holy Spirit can empower the ability, our ability to discern and manage emotions and behaviors in a way that honors God by loving others well, as Jesus did. So come back to that emotional intelligent knowing of the first step of emotional intelligence in Christ, ground your identity in Christ. When you get bumped and you can't let it go, go right to that spot. Jesus, help me to remember who I am in you. First and foremost, because when I remember who I am in you, then I can discern this criticism in my mind. If I don't remember that, then I'm moving from my flesh and that will lead to death. It will hijack you so fast. You'll be ruminating about it. And I speak this from personal experience. You'll start making judgments about yourself. You'll have, uh, you either fight, flight, or freeze because you're in the primal animal planet of the brain. You start to self-doubt and all of that, because really Satan's goal is to make you ineffective in your ability to glorify God. 
And he does that by robbing your peace. So come back to remember, God adores you. You're created in his image for his glory. Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. God has been with you since the beginning of your existence and beyond, and will be with you forever. So come back to who do you say that I am? And, and again, what is for me and what's not for me? What do you want me to take into my heart that is for me to draw me closer to you? And give me the grace to release what's not, and to have the strength to be able to accept what is for me without taking it personally, right? Without it robbing my peace. You can still have peace and discern criticism uh, in a way that honors God. And that's really the conversation we're having today. Just because you experience criticism doesn't mean it, it falls outside of honoring God with it. We're learning how to honor God when we do have those criticism moments, either criticizing ourselves, I should have done this, shooting all over ourselves. Something to keep in mind, and this actually comes from Crucial Conversations and, and that program, which I'm a huge fan of. Whenever you are bumped or become defensive, any time that you become defensive by what any human being says, you're not defensive about what they're saying or what you're saying to yourself. People become defensive because of why they think you're saying it. So you become defensive, not so much with the words people use, right? It's actually you become defensive because of the why you think that person's saying it. So it's the motive. Uh, oh, they're saying that because they don't think I have value. Someone might ask you a simple question. Hey, did you follow the protocol uh, before you turned that report in? That's a simple question, staying with here and now. What I see, what I hear, I hear you saying... Did you follow the protocol before you turned in uh, that report? Now, you can just take it for what it is and say, yes, I did. And don't give it any more airtime. Or you can attribute motive. And then that's when the emotions will hijack you. That's when you start telling yourself a story. Well, they're saying that because they question my uh, ability to um, follow protocol. So as soon as you feel judged and threatened, shazam, the frontal cortex restricts, shoots the blood to the back part of the brain, it's survival time. And you start to create a story. There's usually three stories, and this is, again, pulling from crucial conversations, there's usually three stories. They're called crucial stories that you'll tell yourself as soon as you have attributed a negative motive or why you think someone's saying what they're saying. And then it becomes a story. We're great storytellers. We'll play the, the victim story. I can't believe they're saying that. I can't believe that they're feeling that way about me. And they didn't even say anything, but we create these huge stories, right? <laughs> they just simply said, hey, did you follow protocol? Right? But we'll create a story of victimization. I can't believe you're saying that. I can't believe they question my ability to follow good protocol. Then 
perhaps the, t- the story we tell ourselves isn't the victim, but usually when we do play the victim, there's a villain. And that's the second crucial story that will jump into the scene. We either play the victim or the villain. And when we villainize, that's when I got the, f- the feedback uh, this past spring. And um, I had a, a, a key person in my life actually toss out a villainization type phrase of like, well, they 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 have no respect, right? They don't respect their authority. And that's why they would say something like that, right? So that's making them the villain, the people who are giving you the negative feedback, the villain. So be very careful of the villainization of people. That's where judgment comes in. That's the story. And then there's the helpless, crucial story that we tell ourselves. And the helpless says, there's nothing I can do about it. Well, why don't you talk to the person to get some clarity to see if that's really what they were they were saying rather than mind reading and fortune telling? No, no, no. There's nothing I can do about it because if I say anything, then they're going to question my confidence. So be very careful of those three stories. Playing the victim, the villain, and the helpless story. Because that can easily happen when we're criticized. And we want our confidence, our story to be I belong to Christ. I am safe. My confidence is safe in him. He's got my back. And nothing happens apart from God's ability to make something good out of it. So Lord, what good do you want to make out of this criticism? And at times, like I said, it might be the good that comes out of it is um, a test of are you going to give authority to what people do and say about you to define who you are? Or are you going to keep your identity grounded in Christ? That could be the the lesson there. But many times when you do get feedback, there's something there for you. So just be discerning and give me the grace, God, to handle it in a way that glorifies you. So the second step in being able to maintain security in the face of criticism is to know your purpose. The first one is to ground your identity in Christ. The second step is to know your purpose, know your purpose. Because when you remember your purpose, you can use that as a filter for any information or intel that's coming in to your personal field inside the castle. You are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. So that, so we have our identity there. This is such a beautiful uh, set of scriptures. So that, so that you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. So that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. What's my purpose? To declare the praises of him who called me out of darkness into his wonderful light. Thank you, God, for this feedback that I got. Help me to be able to declare your praises, to glorify you, to outshine the darkness. What's for me? What's not? Because God never sends anything our way that he's not able to transform it like the rose in the midst of the thorn into something that can draw you closer to him. All things are possible. 
even the most ugly events in life, God can use it to draw you closer to him. So number two, second step to maintain security in the midst of criticism, including your own negative self-talk, know your purpose. Talk back. No, I am the righteousness of God, and I'm here to declare his praises, and I want to glorify you. So dear God, show me how to do better to glorify you. Less of me and more of you. 2 Corinthians 5.20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. Lord, thank you for this criticism. I want to be your ambassador. I want you to make your appeal through me. So what do you want me to do with this information? What's mine? What's someone else's? Help me to remember my purpose in this. My purpose is to declare God's praises. My purpose is to be an ambassador for Christ. And third purpose a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. John 13, 34 through 35. A new commandment. So what is my purpose? Declare the praises of God who called me out of darkness. Be his ambassador. Doesn't matter what people say. It matters what God wants to do with that information to make him more recognizable in your life. Jesus' ultimate goal and the new command and the one command, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second one, he's reiterating to his followers here in the Gospel of John, love one another so that people will recognize me in your life. There's, there's, there's no greater witness, my friends, than when you're able to return a negative comment and, re- and respond to it in love and humility. It's the unexpected in our world and culture these days to respond in love and humility, particularly the uglier the comment the more expansive the love we respond to speak the truth in love. It's a witness for Christ. People will know that something is different about you. So the third step to be able to maintain that sense of security, right? You don't get hijacked. Holy crap can't believe it. I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. And Satan has a heyday with that. He wants to take you off the map. Stand firm, my friends. Have nothing to do with that. And the third step is the gift that you have to be able to make that possible, not to touch or not to taste. Maintain self-control for discernment. When you receive critical feedback, or criticism of any kind, or negative feedback of any kind, whether it be something you're saying towards yourself or someone outside of you saying it, Satan wants you to be taken out as quickly as possible from being effective for God. And he does this again by robbing your your peace. So as you allow the fruit of the Spirit, self-control, which is actually the second, and we call them behaviors in in our book, Emotional Intelligence in Christ. 
because it's actually the behaviors that come from that. So the first behavior you'll notice in chapter three is the behavior of your identity in Christ. Well, identity in Christ is not a behavior. We're talking about the behaviors around that, that allow you to remember your identity in Christ. So what is that? Reading the scriptures is a behavior. Prayer is a behavior. Taking control of your thought life is a conscious choice and an actual behavior. So self-control is a behavior. And it's the second step of emotional intelligence in Christ. And the third step in our podcast today, talking about how do I maintain security when I'm criticized? And this is the self-control. You have the fruit of the spirit within you. I have the fruit of the spirit. Ask for the strength, for the backup. Holy Spirit, help me to have self-control so that I don't get hijacked and taken out of the mission for which my heart beats because I'm clinging to the ring like Gollum in the cave, uh, self-deprecating on myself, verbally speaking, rather than trusting in you to make something beautiful happen in my soul as a result of this. Maintain self-control, my friends, for discernment. Ask for that discernment. Is this mine or is this someone else's? Is this real or imagined? James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, perhaps you're saying, I don't know why they would say that. That was one of my, that was my statements. I totally do not want to come across like that. That's not my intention to come across like that. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to you. If you don't understand why some you're getting some feedback, ask God to help you discern. And like I said, sometimes he'll say, not your circus, not your monkey. They're blaming, and it's the way to release their own pain and discomfort. I believe Brene Brown speaks on that. It's their own way of releasing their own pain and discomfort. And then there'll be times, as was my case, where some was for me and some wasn't. And so that's the discernment piece. When you do get critical feedback of any kind, or you have a thought about yourself, Lord, is this coming from you? Is this the Holy Spirit kind of nudging me? What do you want me to do with this thought about myself? If you lack wisdom, ask. God is more than generous to give you what you're seeking. And then Ephesians 5, 6 through 10 is an, another deep scripture to jump into, a kind of a summary of that. Let no one deceive you with empty words. There's a lot of empty words floating around out there. Walk as children of the light and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Lord, did this person say something that I can take to draw me closer to you and make me a better witness for you or not? And ask and you shall receive because you'll get that discernment. But sometimes it takes a while for us to get to our knees to be open to receive the discernment because we are so bumped, right? So show yourself some grace with your weaknesses and ask the Holy Spirit to help you through it to, to maintain a sense of peace. And he will because he promises peace. And anything he promises us, he's more than happy to give us an abundance, overflowing, pouring down into our lap. 
First John 4, 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. This is probably one of the most powerful scriptures in, our, in terms of our topic today. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Don't believe every word spoken to you. Don't receive every feedback given to you. Don't believe every word or thought that pops in your mind. Discern it. Test. Is this from you, God? Is this something that you want me to take into my heart? Or was this just ugly? Am, am I just being mean to myself right now? If it's inner talk. Or is this person simply not being nice and, and they're hurting and hurting people hurt people. And I just happen to be in their way. Or is there something for me? Either way, I don't want to miss it, God, because I'm your ambassador and you're making your appeal through me for your glory. So you show me what that is. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether or not they are from God. And as we began our podcast, and we'll end our podcast with this, Romans 8, 6, the mind controlled by the flesh is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. Discern what is of God and what is not. Am I trying to win the approval of man or of God? If I'm trying to win the approval of man, I cannot be a servant of God. And finally, James 1.19 gives us some great advice because when we feel attacked, we jump into those three crucial stories. We play the victim. Can't believe they said that about me. I'm just trying to do my best. We play the villain. It's their fault. Well, they're incompetent. It's probably coming from their stuff. And then the helpless. There's nothing I can do about it. Be aware of those stories. James 1.19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to become angry. So hear what God wants you to hear. Ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to take from this? Give me the grace of discernment. I don't want to miss a, a course correction. I want to learn. I want to become more emotionally intelligent in you, for you, for your glory. Show me what that looks like. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this time together. We thank you that you actually provide, thank you to God, the word made flesh, specific guidance on how to be able to maintain our sense of security so that no matter what anybody says or does, we can still maintain purpose and our identity. And we can discern what is for us. What do you want us to take within our hearts to draw us closer to you? And what do you want us to return to sender? What's not ours? Either way, we know that we're still in our school. Protect us from compliments and complaints so that our heart will remain grounded in the purpose for which it beats. And that's very clear. Our purpose is to glorify you, to declare your praises. You have called us out of darkness into your wonderful light. We are Christ's ambassador, your ambassador, Lord. Make your appeal through us and up our game. Give us the armor so that, that we don't get taken out by criticism, self-criticism and criticism from others. But we learn and we grow so that we can love one another 
And that when other people look at us, they'll know that we're your disciples, that something's different. And even if they, they don't recognize it, they'll be able to recognize that there's something different when we respond in love versus reactive behavior and defensive behavior. Give us discernment and not to jump into story, but to stay in the facts. Help us to do that, Lord, so that we don't become defensive. Give us the grace not to attribute meaning or story to why people say what they do, and then that takes us out of our game. Give us victory, Lord. More of you, less of us, so that our peace remains intact in the midst of criticism. And our security is grounded in you so that we don't become insecure and ineffective to be used even in very difficult times in life. We love you, Lord. In your most precious name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So a quick recap. Three steps to remain secure in the midst of criticism. Know whose you are and who you are. Two, know your purpose. And three, maintain self-control for discernment. Store these three steps in your heart, and you can visit edgegodin.com to get the scriptures behind them. Perhaps you have no problem remembering whose you are and who you are, but sometimes you wonder your purpose, so people can easily hijack the purpose you thought was your purpose. <laughs> and you need to, or you want to ground that so that you don't rise and fall depending on what people say or do. Or perhaps it's maintaining that self-control and asking the Holy Spirit to help you maintain self-control and not jump into story of the victim, the villain, or the helpless story for, so that you can discern, is this mine or someone else's? Is this real or imagined? What do you want to do with this, Lord? I toss it into your lap. Make something beautiful because he's in the business of doing that. The other thought that I'll close with is as we remember, really our purpose is to glorify God. We are his ambassador. We're here for to make, to make God recognizable in this world. And as we just get very simple with that focus, then we can maintain our sense of security, no matter what comes our way. Because we remember whose we are, why we're here, our sense of purpose, and what's possible as a result of that purpose. And that you're not left alone. We have the Holy Spirit who gives us the gift of self-control so that we can be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Nothing thrives in a state of war between our ears. So come back today, my friends. If you've been spun over something someone said or did, come back to the lover of your soul and allow him to help you sort it out and to return to that place of security and inner peace that far surpasses any power we give away to circumstance. Enjoy your gift of life today and visit us at edgegodin.com. To explore more of the Emotional Intelligence in Christ project, please visit us at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. Dot com. You'll be able to see the different resources we have there and join our community um, in both places. Emotional Intelligence in Christ, uh, Edge God in podcast is really the voice of emotional intelligence in Christ. 
Give them heaven out there. There's enough of the dark side. Outshine that darkness. God bless you today.